Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 3 of Chainsaw Man. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So last we left off, power had caused quite a bit of carnage, and I do have to say, I'm not sure how I feel about the purple viscera, because on the one hand, I mean, at least there's a lot of it, but it, it seems more, I don't know, cartoonish. I feel like it would have more impact if it was sort of red as normal. So... Perhaps understandably, uh, this whole situation devolved rather rapidly, you know. Somebody thought it was a good idea to have Denji wrangle Power, and Power, who is sort of by her nature pretty difficult to wrangle, naturally caused trouble. So this is what I like about Power, you know. Her first instinct is immediately to start lying and throwing other people under the bus. Even though, you know, it's very clearly her fault. I mean, Denji doesn't know enough to, like, not rise to the bait, you know. Like, he's, like, one step short of getting into, like, a little shoving war. You know, I really don't think they quite grasp the gravity of the situation, because I'm pretty sure Makima said, you know, if you guys don't produce results, like, you're gonna be executed. It really is interesting how much, I wouldn't call it respect, but uh, probably fear is the more appropriate term, or how much fear Makima inspires in power. You know, for someone who's ordinarily so unruly. Well, at least Denji's got his eyes on the prize, you know. He has his priorities straight here. Killing devils is merely a means to an end. You know, I do think it's interesting that Power, despite looking human, you know, she has like this sort of weird quasi-human animalistic behavior. Like, just the way she's sort of peering through the vending machine like that. Almost kind of like a kid. You know, it's kind of surprising that Denji's sort of so focused on maintaining his job here. Because, like, he, he seems to be kind of scatterbrained, but I guess the prospect of being killed is uh, something that would sort of focus him on paying attention here. Now, just to sort of push the plot along, it's interesting that Power had a pet. You know, for someone who is essentially a devil wearing a corpse like a skin suit, it's interesting that she would show affection for 
any kind of living creature. I mean, I guess, you know, if you had to sort of, like, compare power to something, it would be like a... kind of like a fickle, snooty house cat. You know, that's a surprisingly apt comparison now that I think about it, and it really makes sense when... You know, Makima sort of refers to Denji as, like, a pet dog and stuff like that. There really is this sort of pet motif going on. So there we go, Denji. You know, you give him the right motivation and he's ready to bust some skulls, devil or otherwise. So, on the one hand, it's nice that things are progressing along to the Bat Devil. But on the other hand, this really sort of um, puts a nail in the coffin of the Muscle Devil, you know. I don't think he's going to show up at this rate. And that's a shame, because he wasn't very important or climactic, but I think he sort of served to, I guess, show that, you know, things aren't always as they seem, given that Denji was sort of... Um, basically tricked and very nearly overwhelmed by an ambush. But none of that really matters now, I suppose. It's interesting that Denji is sort of, like, basically requesting leave with power. In essence, he's taking responsibility for her, and, you know, that's not advisable. You know, it seems to me that this is a spectacularly bad idea considering that he's taking a fiend, doing basically his own thing and going after a devil effectively unsanctioned. Because, you know, this isn't something they've been assigned to do, so if something goes wrong, then, you know, things are really going to get bad for him, I'd imagine. Of course, you know, Denji's not exactly thinking too clearly here i mean he is thinking clearly but he's not thinking about the task at hand 
So this is something else that's interesting here. You know, based on what this, uh, I guess you'd call it a council, what they're saying is that, you know, the U.S. and the Soviets are still sort of um, around and at each other's throats, and they're supposedly using devils for military application. So whether this takes place back when the Cold War was still going on, or if it takes place today and it's just an alternate history where the Soviet Union was still around, I think it's interesting, you know, it's ripe for interesting storytelling. You know, it's interesting that between this and Spy Family, there's a lot of um, Cold War or Cold War-adjacent fiction that I'm noticing. You know, maybe it's not like an overwhelming pattern, but it's just sort of something I've taken notice of recently. So finally, Makima is giving us a bit of exposition. You know, the relative strength of devils is based on how much the thing they personify is feared. You know, nobody's afraid of the coffee devil, but the car devil is a little bit more terrifying, especially when it's a CG car like that. So naturally, Makima's drawing the conclusion that a chainsaw devil must be pretty terrifyingly strong indeed, given that, you know, there are things like horror movies about chainsaws, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and things like that. You know, a chainsaw is, if not explicitly, implicitly something that can wreak havoc on human anatomy. And as a result, you know, I think there's good reason to assume people will be scared of it with uh, not much prompting. Now, at this point, I don't think Denji is really aware of how precisely devils work, so I don't think he really knows just what a tremendous power he could potentially have at his disposal. So it's rather interesting how, you know, power has brought Denji out into the countryside to this sort of secluded, abandoned house, because that's where the devil and the cat are. It's also interesting that Power doesn't really know anything about what he's capable of. You know, she doesn't know anything about the Chainsaw Devil. She just thinks he's kind of telling a stupid joke, like, yeah, I can sort of sprout chainsaws. And I guess without seeing it, you know, that would seem pretty stupid, considering devils and fiends, as we understand them, don't really behave like Denji does. Yeah, you know, in retrospect, it really seems like uh, Denji shouldn't have trusted her at all. I mean, you know, if it wasn't obvious from her clubbing him over the head like that. So the real question now is, what precisely is her motivation? You know, was she telling the truth in some regard here? Because obviously, somebody has it out for Denji. 
Well, you know, I take that back. That might not even be true. You know, it might just be that he's a convenient target. So it seems as though Power was acting at the behest of the Bat-Devil. And unlike all the previous devils we've seen, you know, what, the Tomato Devil, the Sea Cucumber Devil, and even the Zombie Devil to a degree, this guy is pretty darn monstrous and terrifying. I mean, to a degree, the Zombie Devil was scary too, but I feel like uh, this guy's on another level. So it would seem as though he's basically hoping to uh, use human blood to sort of regenerate a missing limb. And I guess that makes sense. You know, if he's wounded, he can't exactly go out in public and snatch a person. So, you know, despite being a, uh, a source of rather disgusting blood... Denji no less did the job. Now, I do have to wonder why precisely Power was siding with the Bat-Devil. You know, it seems that doing this would essentially ensure she gets snuffed out by public security too. It seems that power is not immune to sort of this general attitude that all devils have, that humans are basically weak and worthless. I guess it's interesting that Denji, ostensibly being referred to as a devil, doesn't really possess that sort of sense of disdain. Personally, I like to think of it as another parallel to uh, Devil Man, where Denji, despite taking on the powers of a devil is, for all intents and purposes, human at his core. Alright, so here we have it. You know, Power was essentially doing this for her pet cat, you know. She wasn't... She wasn't exactly lying before, but she wasn't telling the full truth either. You know, just to drive the point home that she does sincerely care about this cat, you know, back when she was presumably a feral fiend, she found the cat, took the cat in under the pretense of fattening it up so she could eat it later, but presumably she just became attached to the cat, and through a series of events that we are not privy to, the bat devil seems to have taken it hostage. Her keeping of the cat got to such a point where even she's sort of questioning kind of what's going on with her, you know, that it's sort of like strange not to be 
massacring something to sort of just have something around that she enjoys. So it seems like it was just when she was realizing that, that the Bat Devil kind of struck. And now the Bat Devil's playing for keeps, you know, it's reneging on the deal, basically. Like, you brought me disgusting blood, so I'm not going to give you the cat back. And, you know, just to drive the point home, you know, Power's saying, I really sort of sympathize with how you feel now. So, you know, if for no other reason than she's now sort of sympathizing with him, then she at least has a bit of motivation. But, you know, I think it's more likely that he's uh, more cognizant of the deal he made before, and, you know... If he wants to collect on the reward power offered him, he better do something. I mean, fortunately, it seems like the Bat Devil just kind of swallowed her whole, so as long as he does something and cuts the Bat Devil open, you know, everything should be good, right? There we go. Denji's got his mind on the prize. Man, you know, it's kind of a shame that we don't really see much of Pochita anymore outside of flashbacks. You know, he's not even really conscious inside Denji so far as we know. But it's interesting how, I guess, strong and long-lasting the relationship was between boy and devil. So, unfortunately for the bat devil, you know, if he wants to keep his limbs, he's really barking up the wrong tree here. And unfortunately for the city at large, I feel like uh, Denji's going to cause a fair bit of collateral damage if the Bat Devil's just flying around and he's chopping off wings like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, just like that, that was, what, like a whole floor of a building obliterated? Have to feel sorry for that office lady, considering that she is now... Effectively getting caught up in the collateral damage. Now it also provides an interesting dichotomy because Denji doesn't want her to be involved, but the Bat Devil's like, you know, you're a devil and you're letting her get away. What's the deal here? And I guess to be fair, if I were in the Bat Devil's position, I'd be rather disconcerted too. Because by all appearances, this guy's rather monstrous, but he doesn't behave like... He probably should. You know, CG notwithstanding, this really isn't too bad, you know. It's fairly fluid. I do find it interesting that the Bat Devil is pretty darn strong but even so denji untrained and really uh not particularly used to his powers i'd imagine is able to just sort of dodge around hack off limbs 
It's also interesting that Denji is sort of not only able, but also willing to try and protect people, you know, rather than just sort of like hacking through that car like he definitely could do, he caught it. And it's interesting in and of itself that he was able to sort of not only catch the car, but also sort of heft it and throw it back at the Bat Devil. You know, that definitely belies a strength that isn't apparent just from looking at him. You know, it is interesting because in terms of devils, I wouldn't think the bad devil is especially high up on the totem pole. But nonetheless, he does seem to be capable of quite a few large acts of destruction. You know, not that it holds much of a candle to Denji. I mean, despite being like blasted through a building, he just sort of gets back up. Oh, that's gnarly. He has, like, fingers broken, bent the wrong way. That is... Oh, that wigs me out. But, you know, it's kind of a nice touch that, you know, he's injured, he's wounded, but it doesn't really matter. You know, he's still capable of getting back up and fighting more. So at this point, the bad devil knows, like, he's in for it now, you know, if nothing he's done so far has really stopped Denji, then it's only a matter of time before he gets hacked to pieces permanently. It's also only a matter of time that, uh, other devil hunters get involved, because I'd imagine a rather high-profile brawl like this in the city, uh, it's bound to attract some unwanted attention. Yeah, so there we go. You know, we get a lot of nice gore and viscera, but unfortunately it's kind of like this off-purple color. I don't really, uh, I don't really like it. I think it kind of detracts from the overall vibe.
All right. Well, that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.